1: We're an LDS couple who struggled with unwanted pornography in our marriage for many years. What was once our greatest struggle and something we thought would destroy us has become our greatest blessing and triumph.
0: Our hope is that as you listen to our podcast each week, you'll be filled with hope and healing and realize that you too can thrive beyond pornography and create the marriage you have always desired.
1: Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography.
0: We're so glad you're here and we believe in you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another week of Thrive Beyond Pornography. I'm your host, Darcy, and I have Zach with me today.
1: Hey. (laughs) We are super excited to have this conversation. We love you guys, and we're grateful that we get to do this podcast. Again,
0: for the third time, this this exact podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the third time we're recording this for technical difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So last week, we talked about the really difficult time that Darcy and I had in making progress at eliminating pornography from our lives we tried everything you know i did 12 steps i did counselors uh, emdr cognitive behavioral theory theory or therapy i don't know what it is uh, cbt <laughs> i talked to bishops lds family services we worked with somebody at lds family services a couple times we did couples therapy book after book after book, like we read and read and read. and uh, While I often found valuable information and in, in worthwhile connections in each of these processes, I, I really, I just wasn't getting the lasting results that I was looking for. And it seemed like something was always missing. I wasn't getting to the underlying issue of what was going on for me. It seemed like everything these processes were designed to do was just about stopping the one habit what they were missing and what was missing for me was that they were not addressing my reason for choosing pornography and they were not giving me the actionable steps to deal with that underlying issue directly so pornography would stop being something that I would choose to cope.
0: And it was very focused on pornography. and
1: Yeah, porn was the problem.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't really focusing on really the dynamic in our relationship and how all of this came to be and was a great environment for this porn struggle to just
1: yeah live. Like, like it was like it was like yeah we could talk about porn all day long but we're not creating an environment we're not creating a you know a structure that allows you to move beyond pornography and really succeed at not just stopping one particular bad habit, but being a person who you, who can actually grow and learn through this process. And I really believed that if I were, you know, more righteous or doing better the 12 steps or simply not so se- broken sexually that my porn struggle would just go away.
0: And I really believed that too. I thought if he was more righteous, if he was doing more of the things, if he was loving me better and if he just loved me enough, you know, all of those kind of ideas that porn would not be a problem. And it was really frustrating because doing all of that was not helping. Yeah. Um. I also did all of those above things that Zach mentioned. And I, the only thing I did different than Zach was I joined some betrayal trauma groups on Facebook. Um, and I read books on codependency and betrayal trauma and all of that good stuff.
1: Well, So back to that night in September of 2012 when I had come home and Darcy was like, hey, listen, I need you to stop going to these meetings because she really desperately needed my support at home, my help at home. I knew that even though she was like, don't go to these meetings anymore. Don't go, like, we don't need you to go do all that stuff because it's not working, really, was, was why she said that. But She also needed my help. And I just, I knew that I wanted to figure this out anyway, even though she was fine with me not going. So I began taking a look inward, and I was deciding that this is something that I wanted to resolve for myself forever. And even though Darcy asked me to stop spending my time going out and doing all those things that we were supposed to to do to get the help that we were supposed to have, I didn't want to stop trying to overcome this habit, even though all that stuff that we had been doing just wasn't making it better.
0: For me, one of the most impactful things I did that I believed helped me move from where I was, that angry, bitter, victimized position, to uh, the path that I jumped on was learning um, just what was going on in those betrayal trauma groups and deciding to leave those behind. When I first found out about Zach's porn struggle, I believe those groups brought me value, right? They helped me to know that I was not alone in this struggle. And they gave me a place to hear other women's stories and share my story and get lots and lots of validation.
1: Which So much validation.
0: Felt good, right? Like it felt so great to hear, have all these people, all these women validating my experience and and helping me uh, feel heard.
1: Which is valuable.
0: Very much so, at the beginning. Uh, At the time, most of the women in the group were a good 20 years older than me, but there was one other mom uh, that was around my age, and we connected outside of this group. And we both started to realize that the environment of these groups became very negative, and most of the conversations uh, turned to uh, husband bashing and rants about how horrible their husbands were. I noticed the more time I spent in these groups, the more angry, bitter, victimized, and hopeless I became. We both came to the conclusion that these groups were not helping us become the people that we wanted to be and to create the solution to the problem we found uh, ourselves in. Uh, Those first few months after we uh, stopped going to all the meetings, I don't recall changing a whole lot on my side. especially surrounding pornography I was pretty bogged down with newborn twins and our four other kids were three five six and seven so that was a lot of kids yeah as you can imagine <laughs> my life was crazy busy and I was also I also decided I'm gonna homeschool so that was the first year that we started homeschooling so there's just a lot going on
1: yeah that, that was a very busy time
0: <laughs> um I decided I was going to stop putting all of my mental focus and energy on solving Zach's porn problem. And I started to strive to create a life outside of this struggle. Uh, My energy went to homeschooling, being more present with my kids and working on our marriage outside of pornography. For so many years, I just looked at Zach and was like, porn like written all over him and that was pretty much (laughs) that's
1: such a great what I what I
0: saw him as right it was like it was really hard for me to see him as the real person that he was outside of that porn struggle
1: and I think that was really something that changed you when it came to interacting with me it's just like you it was very hard for you to see me as anything other than someone who was struggling with porn and in in that time when you started to shift from you know porn is the only problem we have to. I gotta I gotta be uh, the mom of these kids and doing homeschooling and really starting to focus back in on yourself, I think that changed you dramatically and gave you, I think, a sense of purpose that was beyond just this one problem. So for me, after deciding that you know I'm not giving up, I started to spend a little bit of time observing myself more closely. I started to begin tracking the patterns of my choices, and I started to understand that my pornography problem and and the struggle that I had with pornography didn't start with just this temptation to view pornography. It wasn't like out of the blue with nothing going on. My brain would be like, hey, man, look at porn, right? Like that just didn't happen. What I was learning was that I was not very good at dealing with my unwanted, uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, sensations, and urges. That was the start. So that realization was the start of learning how to really deal with me in a more honest and effective way. That was also the start of learning to let go of trying to manage Darcy's anxieties. And she had anxieties not just around pornography, but with all sorts of things that I had been working to manage her around. So whether it was when I was out of town on business or I was just saying yes to things that I knew would make her happy in the short term, but that would be something I would regret in the long term, I started to give that sort of of thing up. In learning to manage me and deal with me more directly, I stopped managing Darcy, and I found that a lot of my difficulty in not choosing pornography became less and less of a struggle. I also became more capable of confronting my my own discomforts and dealing with them in a direct manner rather than trying to get around them, which is what I was using pornography to do.
0: I could see that Zach was making big shifts that started to pull me along with him. I could see that he was changing and I didn't want to be left behind. (laughs) That's probably what was going on really. Yeah. (laughs) That isn't to say that if your spouse is viewing porn, they have to be the one to make the first move. Um, It it could have been me that made those first moves all those years ago, but but I didn't have the skills. And to be honest, I was really clueless back then. I didn't have a lot of self-awareness. I began to notice that Zach was interacting with me differently than he had been in the past. And in the beginning, it was really, really, really hard for me. How hard? Really, really, really. (laughs) Like super really. Like super really. Because it was so different. I was very used to Zach accommodating me and giving into whatever I wanted all the time because he was trying to make up for his shortcomings.
1: I was trying I was trying to atone for how bad a person I was because I, I viewed pornography.
0: Yeah, and I very graciously or not so graciously <laughs> accepted the role of <laughs> I'm better than you because I don't struggle with porn and it kept us in that dynamic where I no matter what he did I was always higher than him. Mm. I was I was the the good, I was the righteous one and he was less than. I think in a lot of ways you can correct me if I'm wrong, Zach was trying to earn his worth and earn oh, yeah. his value in our marriage and all these other ways so that I would see him differently than the way I was currently seeing him.
1: For sure, totally.
0: This became something I had to grow up around and, and learn to accept. It also became very apparent that Zach was no longer going to sacrifice his own happiness in an effort to try and make me happy. Because no matter how much he sacrificed, it was never really going to make me happy. As much as I wanted to believe in that fairy tale that I was going to marry this perfect man and he was just going to fulfill me and make my life just so beautiful and dreamy. And I would be the happiest person on earth with all these beautiful babies and we would live happily ever after. That was not what we were experiencing.
1: Disneyland's calling. They want, they want their plot back.
0: Yeah. So I had to live in the present moment more than living in the past or in the future. When I was living in the past, right. I would get angry and resentful. And when I was living in the future, I would get fearful or I would get anxious and worry about, well, what's going to happen in the future? What is, you know, what's going to happen? I had to, find new ways to address my anxiety and calm myself down. I depended a lot on Zach to comfort me and make me feel okay. And um, what's the word I'm trying to look at? Like to uh, make me feel safe uh, so that I could be okay. And he wasn't doing that.
1: I stopped doing it. I stopped trying to anyway. I never was able to do it, but I stopped trying. (laughs) So yeah, that I mean that's really important, I think, for anybody who's on this journey is like to get to a place where if if you're if you are the one who's making the move, whether you're the, the spouse who has a, a husband who views pornography or you're the spouse who is viewing pornography, whoever makes that move has to be willing to kind of step step into uh a new space where you're not more concerned about yourself than anybody else, but you are clear about what you can control and what you're responsible for and what you can actually change. And that is you.
0: I think a a good example of this would be my need for him to tell me that he was not going to look at porn again. Yeah. Right? Like, just just tell me you're not going to do it again. Right? Even though, like, subconsciously i didn 't actually believe him that he was never going to ever in the beginning. It helped in that moment calm me down yeah, um, I began to question my beliefs about pornography and what I was making it mean about Zach, about myself, about our our marriage, what was going to happen. I recognized the story my brain was offering me more about what was, like, going on for our relationship and what might happen in the future and all of those ideas that would come, I stopped being the victim of Zach and porn, and I started to face it head-on. It became uh, Zach and I versus porn instead of, in the beginning, it was Darcy versus Zach, and porn was in the middle of us and had all the power. On both ends.
1: Yeah, that was brutal.
0: Um, it, you know, I just, I look at marriage and just trials that we go through in life. If we can face our trials together, we are so much stronger than if we're fighting against each other to try and solve our, our problems. It, it's I really I think you're not much more good... likely
1: to succeed too. Yeah. I mean, no matter how you shake it together, we can resolve whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Real progress started to happen for both of us. Things began to feel lighter and our progress was visible, right? My my friends were noticing a change in us and they noticed a change in both me and Zach and just our overall... Dynamic. Yeah. I started to question what role I played in our dynamic and I be- began cleaning up my side of the street. I was willing to see what was going on in this dance that we had created. I was not to blame for his porn struggle or the lying, but with love and compassion in my heart for both myself and Zach, I was able to see the ways which my behavior contributed to our current situation.
1: And I think that's a really good point you're making, that you're not to blame for the choices of your partner, your spouse, whatever that looks like you are however capable of engaging that relationship differently than you have in the past to allow for change to occur mm-hmm. meaning like you know if 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 instead of it being the person who's viewing pornography making the changes first it's the spouse who doesn't want pornography in their relationship but is saying okay i can start to recognize how I'm contributing to this, and I'm willing to make a change around that regardless of whether my spouse stops viewing pornography, I can make a difference in this relationship. And that may result in your partner overcoming pornography, but it also may just result in you becoming a better person, creating the person that you want to be, and maybe your spouse will come along.
0: And the person that you're happy with, say 90% of the time. Yeah. The best part about seeing my part, even though it was way easier and way more comfortable to just blame all of our struggles on Zach, <laughs> right? I, it, it was easy. Like, I, I genuinely could blame everything that was going on in our relationship, every trial that we were having, every argument, every fight. I could blame it, essentially, on Zach. Because and everybody
1: would agree with you.
0: He struggled with porn, yeah. and I could get an army of women to stand behind me and support me as, yes, he is the problem here. And for a lot of years, that's what I did. But it didn't ever create the results that we wanted in our marriage. And it didn't give me any power to create change. When I was willing and able to see my faults and the areas in which I could improve, I started to grow and mature in real and tangible ways. And just like Zach had to stop trying to manage me, I had to stop trying to manage him. I had to stop trying to control his behavior. I had to stop, you know, always saying yes to sex in a way to eliminate his pornography struggle or make it easy for him. And that that's hard. It's hard to give up that false sense of control that we think we have by trying to manage our partner
1: yeah I really appreciated it when you stopped managing me and part part of that for me was taking back control like not ceding control or management to you when I felt like I didn't want to you know those things where I thought you might be overstepping and trying to manage me I would I would have to step in and say okay I'm not really willing to allow that anymore and it's not an unkind conversation it's just a I'm in charge of this, and this is this is mine, and I'm going to take care of it. And as I stopped viewing pornography, I, I started to see better where I was not showing up in our relationship, and I was able to more capably choose to be the person I wanted to be because I wanted it. And And that was not because I was supposed to or that I had to fulfill this role or my wife wanted me to be or the church wanted me to be or whatever it was. It wasn't this like, here's an obligation that you're not meeting and you have to meet it. It was, who do I actually want to be and how do I live that in a way that is meaningful and fulfilling. And honestly, this was kind of a place that we got stuck for quite a while. You know, it didn't it didn't get that much better. It was like Darcy and I were just kind of refounding our relationship. And we had learned a new way of thinking about pornography. I had moved beyond pornography as a daily habit and a weekly habit, and as a habit in, in general. And Darcy had moved beyond betrayal and being the victim and staying in that space where everything was happening to her And we were recreating the relationship from the ground up. We had six kids, which meant lots of responsibilities, and we had a desire to love each other. That became the platform on which we founded ourselves and and started to create the change. One story that stands out in our shift from the old us to the new us was when I stopped accepting duty sex. So Darcy had to stop saying yes to it, and I had to stop saying yes to it. For many people out there, some of you are like, "Wait, don't say yes to sex. That sounds like a bad idea.
0: (laughs) I might never get it.
1: Right? I might never get sex again." And for many of you, like any sex is better than no sex, and duty sex is just fine. In my transformation from where we had been to where I was, I didn't want to be a chore that Darcy just needed to you know check off her task list. I didn't want to be someone that she just dealt with. I wanted to be desired. I wanted to be wanted. Anytime we had sex that she was doing it to just manage me or solve for my nagging, I did, I would feel gratified in the moment, but ultimately I would feel unsatisfied in who I had been, what our relationship looked like. And, and it was just not a, it was not a fulfilling activity in the, in that broad scheme of things. So I stopped saying yes, when Darcy just wasn't fully present and into our intimate sexual interactions. And that was not easy. It was, Actually, quite painful each time, and I would have to actively observe myself going through the feeling of rejection, and then choosing closeness with Darcy.
0: For me, it wasn't easy either because for so many years that was something that I did right. Whether it was always conscience consciously, uh, I would have sex with Zach because part of it was like that's kind of my job, right? Like, that's my role as a as a wife. I, you know, I've been told, like, don't ever turn your spouse down because they might choose to go look at pornography or maybe even worse, right? And so in the back of my mind, I had this idea that it was kind of my job to have sex with my husband. And at first, when I would say no, I would be like, are you sure? Is it okay? You know are you okay? Are you mad at me? Right. Right? Like,
1: and I would have to say, and well, I didn't have to say, but I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not mad. And that wasn't because I was trying to manage her. It was because I was working through the sense that she didn't want me. I was, I was internally going through the process of understanding my own emotions, understanding the feeling of rejection, dealing with that feeling of rejection and recognizing, first of all, that when she was saying, no, it wasn't about me. And when I was, feeling rejected that wasn't about her either it was about my own sense of self and you know i was never mad but occasionally i would say i'm disappointed but i would also say with that that i didn't want to have sex unless we were both into it and we were both willing to participate and fully create something that was for us i was never that articulate (laughs) in the moment but the the truth was that was what it was about it was about us coming together not me getting something that I wanted and I had really grown to dislike the idea that sex was just for me because I had quote-unquote needs that was a long time coming and I wish I had someone who could have guided us there and like more quickly given us the the process that you know we went through and a roadmap maybe to see where we were going because we had no idea and I realized that we you know we would have had to go through that process ourselves regardless because you, you really can't make these changes without earning them. I will say, however, that it would have been really nice to have an ally who, you know, had been to the top of the mountain and was willing to show us the way. As we worked through that and a lot of different issues like that, it, it started to create this momentum. And over time, something really miraculous, I think, began to happen. Darcy became free in our relationship to be herself to engage with me from a place of love and trust. And then she began to desire me.
0: It's amazing how when you take sexual intimacy out of your checklist, your job, your duty, and create a space for it to be a place of freedom and love and self-expression, how amazing it can be and how rewarding and how fulfilling it truly is. And that didn't come easy. It, no, it, <laughs> it didn't. took a lot of work on our on both of our parts, right? It, yeah. For me, it it really was. I had to go through those emotions of being strong enough to say no, and in the beginning, you know, that created some hard feelings for Zach, yeah. and he. You know, in the past, he would have pouted about it and been grumpy, and he would have poked me all night and <laughs> tried to to get it going right and Just
1: bug you and bug you and bug you until yeah. hey, come on, hey, let's start this. Uh, let's start hey, this old. Are you lawnmower. ready now? Yeah, you've been
0: <laughs> asleep for an hour. Are you ready now? Like right, that kind of dynamic and the growth that occurred in this area of our life was huge.
1: Yeah, and it you know we started to become a couple. That we wanted to be. We, we started to become a couple that was choosing each other. We learned how to disagree differently.
0: We stopped trying to manipulate each other to get what we wanted. Like an example of this was Zach would give me a massage. And I knew when he was giving me a so- massage exactly what was going to happen next. And I could feel that. And it became a pattern of, you know, it, it was almost like an agreement of like, okay, fine. You give me what I want, a massage, and then you take then, what yeah, you get and,
1: and, there's and a, what you the, want. Yeah,
0: And when we, it, it's funny because I, I look now and I think, okay, now we can do the same exact actions. He could give me a massage and then we could have sex. But the feeling behind it is amazing and it's not taking and it's not, coming from this uh, entitlement entitlement, this yeah. like selfish drive it's giving and it's caring and it's amazing
1: well and I had to stop giving you massages for a while right like I there was a period where like every single morning before Darcy got out of bed I had to rub her feet and it was like I'm not doing that anymore you know I had to get to a place not because I was being selfish but because I was like why am I doing this What's behind this? And am I using this to create a sense of obligation in Darcy that she's going to need to meet something, some need of mine or desire of mine later? Instead, I'm now choosing to do that only from a place of, do I actually want to do this? Is it 100% about me being the person who wants to choose closeness with Darcy and I'm not obligating her to anything in any way later?
0: And now if you give me a massage... I don't automatically think, oh, now I know what's coming. Now I know what I have (laughs) to do, right? Right. I can now receive that gift from him without feeling obligated to do whatever he wanted in return.
1: Yeah, and this is us engaging more fully with our own sense of what we want and still choosing whatever that is while maintaining the connection and intimacy with each other. And I think we see each other more clearly you know we're willing to share ourselves with each other in ways that we weren't before it emotionally and mentally and we i think we've worked to become the couple that we used to see and be like oh yeah they're so amazing we want to be like them when we grow up and that's who we are that's who we are trying to be being clear to to recognize that this is an ongoing process this is not a like oh we arrived and all of a sudden you're done these are skills and tools and uh, processes that we utilize every day and every week and things change
0: so i, I said this the last time we recorded it but <laughs> that right now we're in a, a growth process and growing is hard it's uncomfortable it's
1: frustrating takes a
0: lot of effort you know yeah. like creating creating this new program of thrive beyond pornography and shifting our focus to work with couples together to help them create the success that we have takes a lot of energy and a lot of focus and a lot of our time. And it's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And, and it has required us to be willing to reassess and reevaluate and realize, Oh, you know, I, I could probably step in more effectively in this part of our lives and, maybe I can step back in a different part. And Darcy and I have differentiated more clearly and we have stayed as close as we can with each other while doing this process. And another thing that is really clear to me is that we're more capable of hearing truths from each other and not becoming overly emotional or feeling devalued. You know, there are times when Darcy comes to me and she says, listen, this is a real problem and I don't like it and I don't like seeing you in this light. And and that is a struggle for me and instead of me saying oh i'm a terrible husband and i'm a terrible father and like devolving into this like pile of mush on the floor that darcy has to come rescue and tell me that i'm good enough and like draw me back up
0: or on the flip side get into the you know self-righteous blaming right. me or deflecting yeah. right like oh well you blah 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 or this is your you fault. know yeah
1: i can if you would do it, this yeah. right Right. I can take that feedback and look at it objectively and allow myself the space to process it. And sometimes I agree and sometimes I don't agree. And so that that's another part of this component, which is, you know, I can come into that openly and honestly. And sometimes I can say, yes, I see what you're saying. And I can see that I would like to adjust this for myself. Also, I can come into that same conversation and say, I don't really agree with what you're saying here. And this is why I don't agree. And I'm willing to be wrong if I can find some additional understanding here, but I'm not necessarily willing to change at this point based on where I feel like I am. And it's, it's, it's this difference between, you know, a lot of us feel like we have to conform and we have to always be on the same page. And this is a sense of, not only am I capable of not necessarily agreeing with everything that Darcy says, but I can choose intimacy with her in spite of it, and she can choose intimacy with me in spite of that disagreement, which is like this totally different plane, which I would say is, you know, why we named this podcast Thrive Beyond Pornography is that that is a place of thriving. I know it seems maybe for some of you that might be in a different place, and you're like, wait, you guys aren't always on the same page. You guys aren't always 100% liking each other. You guys aren't always, you know, in that storybook fairy tale life that we all think that we're supposed to have because Disney showed it to us in whatever, you know, version of the movie that you watched it on the first time. Yeah, that's a place where you can thrive and love and grow and be more than you've ever thought of. And that's what Thriving Beyond Pornography has done for us is we've gone through Every step of the way. We've started it working to reframe and rethink. We've stopped pornography viewing. We've stopped feeling feeling betrayed. We've moved into a place where we refounded a relationship and now we're growing and thriving together. And it's such a beautiful place that we want to share it with you. That's why we do this. This is why we have changed the name of the podcast. This is why we have come to this place of we are working with couples. You know, we'll still work with individuals. Darcy will still work with wives I will still work with men but more than that when we work with couples we know that they are capable of so much more than they are alone and that's why we've done this and so I hope that we've given you some hope I hope that we've given you a vision I hope that you can see there's this direction that you might want to go and if you do want to go we'd love to have you you know you can sign up for a free consult bring your spouse Go to zacksbafford.com slash work with Zach. I know it says only work with Zach, but the truth is, if you come together, there will be something for each of you in this process, and we will help you not just solve for a pornography problem, but we will create a thriving, amazing relationship in the process. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen from <laughs> the seats in the back? <laughs> All right, my friends, we love you guys. We're so grateful that we get to do this and we will talk to you next week.
0: Bye. Thanks
1: for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.